You're listening to episode 192 of the 360 Vegas podcast. Check out the blog at 360vegaspodcast.com or send us an email at 360vegaspodcast at gmail.com. You can support the show when you shop at Amazon, Vegas.com, or Caesars Entertainment. Simply go to the blog, check on the corresponding banner, and go about your shopping. It's that easy to give us money without giving us money. Day after tomorrow, gentlemen. We'll be in Las Vegas. Welcome to Vegas. Las Vegas functions on a 24-hour-a-day schedule. The casino. Big volcano out in front. That's the Eiffel Tower. Bellagio. Riviera. The Mirage. Flamingo. Sahara. The MGM Grand. This isn't the real Caesars Palace, is it? On a gamble. They always put the machines that pay off the most right in the front. Good luck. The Strip is just the most amazing stretch of road, I think, probably anywhere in the world. Kicking ass in Vegas. Vegas, baby. Vegas, baby. Welcome to Las Vegas. As so happens, as so often happens, Jesus Christ, welcome to the new version of the show. <laughs> as so often happens when Tony and I are together, we're experimenting. And today, we're going to experiment with uh, young Asgard. He is currently right next to me. He's never he's never been in the same room when we've recorded because he's usually getting into everything and you've got all this recording equipment so there's cords on the floor and whatnot. But uh, he's been a good kid so far today, so I'm, I'm, uh, I'm giving him a shot. So be prepared uh, if you hear multiple Asgard or stop it or <laughs> kind of a thing like that. <laughs> it could make its way into the show. That's fantastic. I usually don't let Cooper podcast with me either, but in this instance, I've been gone all day, and he's absolutely tired of dealing with Jen, so she <laughs> could not get him out of uh, the recording studio, so I said, fine, he can stay here. Now, now, why is it so important that we mention this? Because we would like to welcome you to the new, less edited, more rambly version of the show. <laughs> We've received... Uh, a couple weeks ago, a month or so ago, we received some quality constructive criticism that said the show wasn't nearly as tight as it used to be. And this inspired 360 Tangents. It also inspired less of a desire to actually do the show because of the additional editing that it brought on me. So I did some soul searching and realized, like we all do with age, the show with its new co-hosts is not the same concept I originally developed for 360 Vegas. So, what I originally developed when I decided I wanted to do a podcast was friends hanging out, trying to make each other laugh. So in that spirit, get ready for more tangents and less editing. The structure is still going to be there, but I won't put myself through the editing that made my desire to do the show be reduced. So I expect this will not be the last time that the show evolves, as all good things should. Considering the popularity of our first tangent show, though, I, it sounds like you people want to hear this anyway, so so get ready for it. You know, I got a couple of thoughts on this, Mark, and, and the first one mainly is when you took some time off a while back, it was because of all of the work that goes into doing this show. Right. And if editing out our tangents, or just the editing process in general, it potentially becomes a scenario where you could say, you know, I... I just don't enjoy the show because I got all this editing to do. Right. My attitude is some, look, what I've always said, some will, some won't, so what? Some people will like the tangents, some won't like the tangents, so what? So that's observation number one. Observation number two is, you know, a lot of the listeners only get to know you and I and Karen, Brian, Alistair, so on and so forth, out of this say one hour, hour and a half snippet of time out of an entire week's worth of show and life that we all live. What I think is valuable about getting to hear the tangents is you get to learn more about us as individuals, not just necessarily hosts or co-hosts of, of a particular Vegas-themed podcast. Mm -hmm. And I think there's some real value there in knowing that you know, there are going to there are going to be some things that I'm just irrationally uh, in hatred of, cosmopolitan, and there are some things that I am irrationally in love with, Garth Brooks. And so <laughs> it's just it's one of those things where there's so much more to us individually than just 
an hour's worth of podcasting on the city of Las Vegas. And I think there's a lot of value in that. Well, and I'll admit, this is self-inflicted. All of this, this structure of the show, the concept, the segments, all of this was to satisfy some creative element I had in me. And unfortunately, uh, somewhere along the line, I stopped allowing it to be something in my head that constantly evolved and kind of put it in a, in a box, you know, and I'm like, this is how it is. And, and stopped all because the advice that we got that, wow, this, this isn't really the same show that it used to be, was honestly, it wasn't, I didn't think it was ne negative criticism. I thought it was, a, it was a very astute observation. And I tried to put it in that box and it became less fun again. And that's when I kind of realized, I'm like, it, it, there was nothing wrong with it changing that way. That was accurate. It, it's not the same show that it used to be. It's, it's, it's more of friends hanging out trying to make each other laugh. It's, it's more of we're going to talk about Vegas in between when we start talking about other shit that's going to make us laugh. I mean, the, the, the primary focus is Vegas, but wherever the conversation takes us, we want it to take us there. The entire concept was what happens when you're in Vegas and you start telling stories and you just, God knows how you get to, the, you know, you get to the end of the story, like, how the fuck did we get there? <laughs> right. You know, so it, it, trust me, it was all self-inflicted. Well, I don't know of a single podcast platform that doesn't have a 30 second fast forward button. So if they really think that we're on a tangent that they don't want to listen to, they can hit the 30-second forward button let me, uh, and they can skip it. Let me ask you this. You're a podcaster for a long time, as, as I have been. Does that bother you? Does it bother you that somebody skips past things they don't like or, or listens to it on fast forward? To the contrary, as a matter of fact, with the number of podcasts that all of us listen to, I don't know how people can get through their weekly segment of shows that they listen to without listening to it at one and a half, you know, maybe even two times, depending on how slowly the, the podcasters talk. Right. No, I, I listen to it. And and frankly, and I know I've belabored this, so I'll just say it quickly, but the value that we always saw at, over at Vice Lounge was that if you don't like cigars or if you're not a drinker or you're not a gambler, we assume you're just going to skip that segment anyway. Okay, good. So You and yeah, I are exactly on the same page. I listen to certain shows at a faster speed. I skip past certain segments where I'm like, I just don't care. Move on to something funnier. It does not bother me in the slightest. In fact, it's one of the cool things about the medium. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree completely. And I don't know why people would complain about the tangents. If you don't like the topic or you think we've droned on too long about something, frankly, Mark, there have been times I think that there have been segments that are very Vegas specific that we have droned on for right. 10 or 15 minutes on for just one topic. Right. And that's still Vegas centric. So who knows what's going to resonate with people? I agree. This is the fun version or this is the show. Got to see, God damn it. Enjoy this shit, folks. Uh, this is the version that I enjoy doing the most right now, so this is the version we're going to do. Perfect. Well, with that then, Mark, let's start the show. He's Mark, I'm Tony, and as always, we start with Random Vegas. The new Frontier Hotel and Casino closed July 16th of 2007. 51 years earlier, on that exact date, July 16th, 1956, Elvis Presley performed in Las Vegas for the first time at the property. On July 16, 1970, they played host to the final performance of Diana Ross and the Supremes, not only in Vegas, but anywhere. Well, you know, I'm going to save any thoughts on, on Elvis Presley and New Frontier and all of that until we get through one of the uh, the, the first point in the news. So with yeah. that, why don't we we're, just... We're, we're, we're foreshadowing. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Yeah, a little bit here. But let's, uh, let's just then move into Twit Pick of the Week. It's one of the most iconic properties in Vegas and responsible for the revolution that turned Vegas into the gaming capital of the world, regardless of how much money Macau makes. The Mirage, her tropical theme and epic volcano are must-sees in Vegas. The pool, dining, and her tri-tower design inspired many copycats to surf in her wake. Awe-inspiring, classic, and sexy. The Mirage Hotel and Casino brought to you by at RRKS underscore official. Well, brought to you by Steve Wynn, and then at our RKS underscore official took a really cool picture of the property, and we shared it on Twitter. And I probably should have mentioned this to you before we started to record. That link actually sends you to the Slipknot Marilyn Manson tickets. <laughs> <laughs> 
So I will so have to, use your imagination is what you're saying. Exactly. All right. Yes. Well, clearly, I'll fix that so you can enjoy it. So, so listeners can actually enjoy the uh, the picture. But um, it's a very classic picture. It's it's qu- it could have been stock to be honest with you. I thought it was that good. Wow, that's impressive. Yeah. That's impressive. Well, all right. Let's. Uh, oh, as always, we will link to the photo on our blog and feature it on all of our social media outlets, such as Flickr, Pinterest, Facebook, Google Plus, and Twitter. Let's move on to the news. The Westgate has closed the Elvis exhibit. It didn't even take a week after the announcement that Riviera Boulevard would be renamed Elvis Presley Way for news to come out of Westgate that the Graceland exhibit at the property has closed. Not because it wasn't a popular attraction, but because the licensee of Graceland, the Elvis estate, informed the property that they intended to close the exhibit because they didn't want Riviera Boulevard to be renamed Elvis Presley Way. When questioned about the substantial amount of money they still owe Westgate for the improvements made to the space to accommodate the attraction, the licensee threatened to default on their contract. So, Westgate literally closed the exhibit, like locked the doors so the licensee couldn't access the assets featured in the attraction until the issue can be resolved. In fact, it was reported that Westgate's staff forcibly removed employees from the exhibit and disabled the video feed from the security cameras. A representative for Elvis Presley Enterprises said Lisa Marie and Priscilla are very disturbed by the whole situation and are concerned about the hundreds of priceless artifacts Westgate has in their possession. They believe the artifacts are too important to be treated this way and should be safely returned to Graceland. Westgate COO said that they have great respect for the family of Elvis Presley and hopes they can come to a resolution with the licensee soon. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> this seems like such an extreme situation. Yeah. Although, like, everybody is completely overreacted on totally. both sides. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 it's one of those things I started to read it and I'm like, what the hell? And as you read other stories and piece things together, like the links that I, I share on the blog are just the, the stories that I think encapsulate the best or, or where I got the most information from. And that's not where I get all the information from. I This is the weirdest. I don't understand why they don't want it to be named Elvis Presley Way. Maybe because they there's some perceived value to it maybe I, I just don't get it how it became this really aggressive pissing match where we're like we don't want it that way we're like well fuck it we want it that way fine we're closing things down well, you owe us a shit ton of money well fuck you we won't pay well like fuck you can't have your shit back yeah yeah this is and you know without dorking it up too much it this is all contract law so what you've got going on is you've got one party saying well fine we don't like that you're going to do something so we intend to Default, which is in violation of their contract. But then, not to be outdone in in breaching the contract, Westgate turns around and says, oh, I got a bigger fuck you. Instead of you just (laughs) defaulting, we're going to close the whole thing down in violation to our contract, and we're going to... We're going to essentially hold your property uh, um, hostage Mm -hmm. until you figure out, you know, either until you give us our way or you pay us on what you're going to do for defaulting on, on on the contract. This is... And, and listen, my guess is they're trying to protect the Elvis image. You know, yeah. there, there's the whole idea of that's his name and that's a brand. Right. But in Las Vegas, where you've got, you know, Frank Sinatra way and Dean Martin way and uh, 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 Sammy, Davis. Sammy Davis Jr. Yeah. way, the fact that Elvis didn't have one and folks like us who are big fans of both yeah. Vegas and Elvis saying, I can't believe there hasn't been one before. Mm-hmm. It's just, this is wild. This is absolutely extreme all the way around. And see, here's the only thing that I thought might be why. It's not the greatest road that there is. There isn't anything major on it. I mean, it's, it's, maybe they thought, well, we don't want Elvis' name on a shitty road, but anybody who's ever been to Graceland knows that Elvis Presley Boulevard is kind of like Martin Luther King Boulevard in any city. It's a bad place. Yeah. So even that doesn't make any sense. I understand. No, I agree. You're absolutely right. That's um, that should that'll be fun to watch. It will be. be. (laughs) I agree. (laughs) 
Well, something that's not so much fun to watch is this Elan project. Yeah, Australian billionaire and plastic disgusting, well past her prime diva fucker, James Packer. Actually, I think it's Carrie Packer now that I think about it. James is his father. I don't know. One of the Packers. Uh, announced that the $2 billion hotel casino project named Alon, planned for the land, formerly home to the new frontier, is now on hold due to the, quote, weakened American debt market. To be clear, the project never got beyond the announcement phase, with the exception of a few renderings, filing for a few permits, and the hiring of former Win exec Andrew Pascal. And while the start date for the project was never set, a completion date was scheduled for 2018. I'm gonna go out on a limb, and I'm gonna say that if any announced project actually happens North Strip, it's gonna be Wins, or, or one that we're gonna be talking about here in a minute. Yes, I agree with you. I, I'm disheartened by this because it seems like, you know, it seemed like for a very short window of time, about a year, year and a half ago, all of a sudden these announcements were were, were coming out one after the other after the other. And, and we're hearing about how great the, not just the economy in general, but specifically the Las Vegas economy right. was. And you heard about this and I don't know what the Lucky Dragon, I think was another one. Right. And, you know, just, there were these great possibilities Finally, for- yeah. North Strip, and now one by one, it's not coming around, and it is so frustrating because when you think about all of the fantastic casinos that are gone, that were up there, when you right. think about well, this one, New Frontier, your your favorite, the That's Stardust, I mean. just keep them uh, open. Is all you need yeah. to do? Just keep them open. Yeah, um, it's it's really if if somebody wants to really put it in perspective, if they go back and they watch the um, Vegas Vacation. When oh, yeah. the limousine is pulling into the Mirage, all of those places are still open right around that immediate vicinity. So back in 89, I think is one, excuse me, 90, shoot. I don't remember either. I think it's early 90s. Yeah, regardless. Actually, I think it was 97 now that I think about it, but oh. that's neither here nor there. Point is, they were all around. And, and so nothing really stopped. It wasn't, you know, right now we think of you get to TI, and that's pretty much it for that yeah. side of the of the strip. Unless you go across the street and then you've got the Venetian and, and one up at, at Wynn. And then you've got just acres and acres and acres of nothing till you get to the Strat. Yeah. It's heartbreaking. And I really wish these show, uh, casinos could reel in their expenses and just open something. Go Long gone are those days where they would open up a piece of the casino, at least get something going, have the hotel there so they've got bodies in it, and then build on top of it. I agree. Uh, and all of, all of their things, are, I, I agree with you, it's it's so grand. We've had a lot of people who thought the concept that you and I discussed, which was basically taking uh, Cromwell and opening four of those along that area. Like, that that to me is the only thing that makes sense. There are no more billionaires, okay? There, there, are, only so, there are only so many huge whales that you can pull in that the idea of the mega resorts, that, that to me, or not the mega resorts, billionaires row you know basically where everybody was building for the high rollers like that that bubble was going to burst and i and i am glad that it did the problem is it doesn't seem like anybody's been able to readjust like everybody's like okay we got to do another mega resort another mega resort like i don't think you do i i think your land is expensive enough that if you can just start like if they would have never closed those places, they would still be getting business. It's Absolutely. that simple. They would still be. You want to know why it took Caesar's Entertainment to renovate Imperial Palace as long as it did? Why would you? It's a piece of shit that just kept making money. Just kept. Why make any effort when it's just going to keep cranking money out? So, I mean, obviously, at some point, they realized they needed to, and, and I'm, I'm glad that they did. But it's also the same reason why Circus Circus is still there. Like, oh, that piece of shit down there. Like, because all you have to do is open the doors, and people come. I agree. Yeah. I agree. All right, so here's something that's kind of exciting. There's intrigue at win. <laughs> it's, it's intriguing. All right. No one was surprised when Trist, the oldest option in the wind knife light, knife light, knife light? Nightlife. Nightlife, thank you. I, you so, I kept saying it, and I'm like, I know it's not right, but why do I keep <laughs> saying it that way? When the oldest option in the Win Nightlife catalog was selected for reimagining. What is surprising is what they plan to do with it. The concept is apparently more live entertainment and less oomphs. They even hired the performer who starred in the Rock of Ages production at the Venetian and then Rio, hired him away and made him the creative director of Wynn's new night club entry, which we, I guess we already talked about. 
whatever. <laughs> there it is. He's going to be the new director at the place. Plans are for multiple acts to perform throughout the venue, as well as with a, quote, main stage rung by a series of auxiliary performance platforms. Whatever the hell that's supposed to be. <laughs> yeah. Intrigue opens April 28th. So this lasts with three months, tops, right? Before they're like, ah, oh, let's get the DJs in there. It, exactly. It seems strange to me that they're... Don't get me wrong. I'm excited that they're, someone's finally starting to move away from the Unzi nightclubs. Right. I... But I don't know if this is going to if this is going to pull people in, especially when you have to use words like auxiliary performance right. platforms. Yeah, you know, I re- it's funny. I read that thing like four times and then reread the article. Like maybe I'm not. I'm just reading it wrong. Maybe just not clicking. And I literally just got to the point where I'm like, I'm just going to quote it. I have no fucking clue what this means. Anything with an aux cord, I guess we could. Maybe maybe it's going to be like rock band. That's a, maybe that's, that's what a the really interesting is. point. Auxiliary is that really not just the? And then this is for other stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anybody got a, got their guitar? Want to just come on? Come on up. Or, right. Um, yeah. No, no. This to me sounds like some kind of um, what the hell was that stupid thing? Uh, Rose Rabbit Lie thing. Oh, at, uh, yeah. at Cosmopolitan, but like a, yeah. a much dumber version. <laughs> like that was a little more high end, a uh, little more uh, adult in nature. And this just, I don't know. I, I think it's, I don't think it's going to work. But this isn't really for us anyway, so it doesn't matter. It's all right. Now, there's something going on at the Trump Casino in Vegas. Well, it's currently a, a, a hotel, so we, we're, we kind of blew our load right there. In an interview with Phil Ruffin for the Wall Street Journal, Plans to add a casino to the Trump International Hotel in Vegas were revealed. It was clarified that the plan is in the early stages of development, but Melts Vegas reported that the cost would be around $100 million. The information comes in the wake of multiple pieces of bad news for North Vegas developments. Ruffin and Trump are partners in the property, and the effort is, of course, spearheaded by Ruffin while Donald tries to become president. It was clarified that no matter what happens in the presidential race, it wouldn't affect this project from moving forward. What is most exciting would be to see how Phil runs a high-end property, because he seems to be the king of shit. Trump Hotel opened in 2008 at a cost of $800 million to build. You go first. Uh, hey, anytime we add an additional casino, that's fantastic. I, I, it's kind of in a wonky place, all things considered, mm-hmm. but I think part of the reason why I've considered it in a less than desirable location was because I knew it didn't have a casino, and so there was really no reason to try to make a trip out there. Uh, yeah, look, I, I, again, anything that could possibly revitalize the northern part of the strip, I'm a big fan of. Uh, Phil Ruffin, well... That, that will be fascinating to watch and see what he does to this particular um, building. Here, here's my dream scenario, Tony. He Obviously, he owned the new frontier lane. He sold it to the the Allon people. Well, he sold it to the, the guys that were going to build the plaza, and then they sold it to the Allon people. This guy's got a shit ton of money from selling that land, and he's been trying to buy up the Mirage. Here's what I would hope. He buys a little bit of that land back from those guys, that way, you can build a casino that comes right up to the strip, leads to that hotel, integrate the two of them. So that way, you now have what you and I have been talking about for the last month, the first of the small boutique hotel casinos starting to stretch north. That this be kind of the, the model that people can look at going, what you need is a nice hotel and a casino doesn't have to be much more difficult than that. I mean, as it is, I think they went a little bit too far cost, you know, building the place for 800 million. I think you could you could build another place for, you know, a, a hotel, a nice hotel for, I don't know, half that and throw on a $100 million casino, boom, open the doors, fun. I agree completely. I don't know why why it needs to be anything more complicated than that. But let's also wait and see, uh, you know, how this plays out. It will be fun to watch kind of a roughen Trump combo <laughs> to see just how over the top or or obnoxious right. they could. I mean, I, I see what he's done to, to Ti. So I don't know. It, It'll be interesting. It, I agree. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> I honestly think that's the most interesting thing. I'm like, I want to see it, but I want to see what he does to it. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. 
it could be a car accident. <laughs> this could very quickly become lots of fun. Yes, exactly right. That's exactly right. Oh, that would be fantastic. All right, well, uh, that does it for news. Let's move on to prop bets. For those of you that are unfamiliar, prop bets is an extension of the news, but with just bits and pieces of noteworthy items. First up, Uber and Lyft drivers were caught on video agreeing to cash rides, which are illegal because not ordering via their apps denies Uber or Lyft their cut of the fare, as well as that causes safety issues because cash customers aren't covered by the company's driver insurance. Now, Clark County Commission is investigating it and it's uh, increasing, or excuse me, and it has increased the fines for the first offense from $150 to $300. I gotta believe that there is a whole lot of this going on. (laughs) For God's sake, if I can text you and say, hey, come get me, I'll pay you $10 when the Uber app would otherwise say I'd have to pay $15, why on earth wouldn't the driver just say, hey, here's my card. If you need me, send me that text message and we'll get everything all set up, you know, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah. Uh, On the flip side, I am a big fan of them being caught because the last thing I want in a market that has been dominated by these fucking criminals in the cab industry, don't fuck this up, Uber and Lyft drivers. (laughs) All right. We got something that we can all kind of get on board with and be like, okay, we're all on the level here. There's some rules. We got to follow them. Don't become the junior equivalency of the fucking long hauling cocksuckers that have been driving cabbies or cabs in Vegas for fucking decades. For sure. And, and it might, you know, we might be on the, on the cusp of seeing these sorts of things become a new crime in our world. Meaning, you know, maybe make it a misdemeanor that, you know, thou shalt not take fares without right. properly going through the, you know, the, the procedures that are established. But because there's got to be some way to disincentive, disincentivize, I don't know if that's a word. It is. Uh, these, these Uber and Lyft drivers from doing just that. I, frankly, I have to believe this has been going on since the third day that Uber <laughs> and Lyft has been a thing. So what do you do then to help dissuade individuals from doing that? Sure, a $300 fine is a hefty amount. Especially when, if your fare is only 10 to 15 bucks. Yeah, for sure. It's going to take you a whole lot of time. Um, But uh, just as a side note for uh, the no-fault insurance fans out there, they know that that's kind of throwing the uh, bullshit card by saying that the company's driver's insurance isn't covered by that. (laughs) But I guess we probably don't need to get into that. All right, Britney Spears has extended her residency another year through 2017. Tickets are now available. I understand it's sexier. Ooh. <laughs> I thought I'd I, throw that out there. <laughs> I, I don't know what else they could possibly do to make it sexy. She's not singing, and nobody's there. Well, let's put it this way. Most of us guys aren't there to watch her sing anyway. Right. She's there to gyrate for us, and I don't know what... I guess part of it goes harkens back to the argument, do you go to see a concert because you want to see the person sing, or do you go to a concert to be entertained? I think it depends on, on the act. Because yeah. some people, I would say, I'm entertained often by seeing a great band perform like, like holy shit, this is, they sound, I mean, it's, it, it's that experience of you know it isn't pre-recorded, you know it isn't fake, you can tell, you can hear it. But you're like, my God, these guys, you know, you feel the music. They sound just like you, you hoped they would sound. Like somebody once said when I had complained about uh, people not sounding the same in concert, they, they used a quote from Freddie Mercury that said the, that a concert isn't the live version of the album. And I'm like, yeah, but that's fucking Freddie Mercury, all right? I mean, that guy had an amazing voice. Freddie, do whatever the fuck you want to do, all right? What I can't stand is when you sound like shit when I see you live. That's what irritates me. Yeah, yeah, sounding like you're uh, gargling (laughs) sand. (laughs) It's not a way to get around sounding like shit. Right. No, I get it. I get it. Do you uh, do you want to take this one since you wrote it in first person? There you go. It was clarified by friend of the show at Melts Vegas that Sheldon Adelson has actually been sporting the old people scooter for about five years. I confessed it was my first time seeing him in one. And I also like to say on this show we uh, we own up to when we fuck up. (laughs) <laughs> Largely because it's common. <laughs> it's being reported that Caesar's Palace, Nobu at Caesar's, Cromwell, 
Paris and Planet Hollywood are all increasing their resort fees to $32 per night, effective immediately. All right, seriously, I, I know we've made this joke like 8 million times. This has to become like a, a illegal at some point, right? I mean, because now it's like, oh, we're not increasing our, our room rates. No, these are great. I mean, you have to pay an extra $32 a night. Uh, yes, and uh, particularly in light of the fact that it's not as blatantly expressed on the different websites that that they're go that people are going through that has created this. So the Orbits, the Expedia's of the world, don't say, you know, thirty four dollars room rate, and then right underneath it, plus thirty two dollar resort fee. Right. It's not like like when you're getting normal shit online, like you expect the tax, like, okay, so I bought this for 40 bucks, this is 70 bucks, okay, so I got an idea, and then what does tax come out to be? Okay, so there it is. It's not like that. This is huge. This is a huge add-on at the end, and that's usually where you end up seeing, oh, and by the way, there's also 13 bucks a night, so here's an extra $200 to your bill, like, what? Yeah. Yeah, I, I just don't know how much longer either the Nevada legislature or Congress in D.C. or just straight up the uh, the Consumer Protection Association. Mm -hmm. That's not the exact name of it, but you get. Yeah, the I know what you mean. Hasn't stepped in and said, "This is." I mean, it's 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 really nothing more than than a vaudeville act. Mm -hmm. I mean, it really comes down to it. So, well, and and virtually anybody in the know who's familiar with these tell you. I don't care about paying this much for the room. What I can't stand is you're fucking lying to me. If the room costs an extra $32 a night, tell me that's part of the fucking room cost. Don't separate these out. Well, and frankly, I look forward to the one-off, so the Cosmo, the Winds, maybe even the Venetians, for argument's sake, of the world that, that actually man up and say, you know what, we're not gonna, we're not gonna do this to the consumer. We're going to, we're going to make our room rate on Expedia seventy-eight dollars a night. And then when you think that you've booked a half that price room at say Caesars or wherever, and and it sure enough comes to the same dollar amount, my hope is that people will go, you know what? If I'm gonna pay the exact same amount, I think I would rather stay at a place like Cosmo or Venetian or Wynn than to stay at some place like Mirage or Harris or wherever that's that's just run down and they're just doing this to nickel and dime. That is a really interesting point. Wouldn't it be one of the high ends that do it first? Because they're like, listen, if you're coming to stay with us, you're not trying to get a fucking, oh, I'm trying to get the, the cheaper price one here. Like, no, I want to stay at that place because it's the best. Exactly. Uh, Spot on. Vegas Bright is reporting that the pay-to-park kiosks have arrived at MGM property garages and installation is now underway. Um, yeah, nothing more needs to be said. <laughs> fair enough. Edge Vegas is reporting that Essence Vegas, the premier, <laughs> the premier marijuana dispensary, will open a location on the Vegas Strip. Technically, <laughs> right? <laughs> it will be located between SLS and the Stratosphere. So basically, it's where a lot of people already get their drugs right. <laughs> while they're surfing Hooker Row. Right. I thought that was funny. Like it's on the strip. Like wow. Like no, it's not. It's where shit already is. Yeah, yeah. If, if, if at least this this way, you're getting it quasi legally. Right. It won't. It, I mean, you still got to have a prescription, but we'll see how long that lasts. Right. Howard Stutz announced that MGM Resorts have agreed to sell the crystals to Simon Property Partnership for 1.13 billion. MGM has not confirmed yet. This isn't the first time it's been rumored that they're selling that thing, so we'll see. And frankly, I'm perhaps I'm reading too much into this or I'm making it, you know, the, the old phrase, you hear what you want to. Yeah. In this scenario, there's a part of me that's kind of hoping, you know, deep down I'm kind of getting giddy that maybe this all of this shopping bullshit on the strip isn't working after all, that people aren't coming to Vegas anymore to shop at these really extreme high-end malls. And that's the reason why they're just trying to unload it and they sold it to this Simon property. Because if it was working and if they could get all of the tenants that they needed, why on earth wouldn't you maintain it? Why on earth wouldn't you use that as yet another um, arrow in your quiver as it relates to your your income that you're getting from your businesses. If you seem to think that the T-Mobile place is working, right. why why does T-Mobile work but but the mall doesn't? Uh, it's just I think it's in, an interesting tell. Yeah, it is interesting. Co-owner of Atomic Liquors, Kent Johns, died last week due to complications following gastric bypass surgery. He was 53 years old and apparently preparing to open Atomic Kitchen. No word what this means for the project, but here's a little bit of trivia. Did you know that there's something like 
like 25%, somebody's going to fact check me on that and right. it's going to be way the fuck off, but 25% of people from die from gastric pi- bypass surgeries. Holy shit. No, I did yeah, know that. It's, it's a lot larger number than most people give credit to. Is it because, you know, their bodies are already like taxed from carrying that kind of weight around that that surgery's bad or is it the surgery's dangerous? I think it's probably a little bit of both. Right. The, um, the fascinating show uh, Autopsy, the last few hours, did... Kanye West's mom about a week or two ago. God damn it, I gotta watch that one. She died from complications of her um, liposuction and breast implants. Not that anything went wrong there, but that they took her off and she was just so heavy that her, and at her age, they should not have done all of that at once. She was, she was under the knife for like seven hours. And, and so it's just, you're right. When, when you, your body just can't handle some of that and it has something to do with also the, what is it they put you under with the, the, the gas? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That the anesthesia can be very hard on, on our body. So any rate, that's too bad. I've been to Atomic Liquors. It's a cute little hole-in-the-wall bar that's that's gained kind of a, a prominence. Yeah, I was uh, going to ask you about that. I started, because I've never been, and I'm like, what am I missing? Is this like a like um, a pepper mill kind of a thing? What am I missing here? And everything I looked at, I'm like, this just looks like a shitty old bar. It, it 100% is, but now that... East Fremont is starting to get trendy now. Right. And you got to jump on the bandwagon of the things that are trendy for fear that you are old and out of touch. I, I think that it's just, it's the it's the current du jour. And... I mean, like, I, I don't mean to shit on the place. I just, it's one of those things I just never got off my ass to do. And when this guy died and I, I'm reading the story, I'm like, I really got, what am I missing? I got to check this out. And the more I research, I'm like, this is really just any, any standard hole-in-the-wall bar that you've ever been to, that's what Atomic Liquors is. The only value to checking it out would be, or the only way, the only reason to go check it out is if you're done at El Cortez, Mm -hmm. and since it's just a half a block down from El Cortez, but I'll be real honest with you, it's in a sketchy neighborhood. Oh, yeah. You get past El Cortez. Well, it's it's close to to the Western, which I've said before may be one of the scariest places in, in Vegas. I, I don't go uh, alone and don't go at night. night. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, if you're if it's a nice, bright, sunshiny day and there's a group of six of you that feel like, you know, you're, you're feeling lucky, go ahead and knock yourself. Right. <laughs> Vital Vegas shared that Downtown Grand is once again rebranding its rooftop pool, originally known as Picnic, rebranded to The Pool last summer, will now be known as Citrus at the Grand Pool Deck. It's the it's the, the pool on the roof. It, when you rebrand it that many times in your three years of existence, it, you're are you really branding anything? It's a fucking pool. I look forward to what it's going to be named next year. Right. <laughs> it's more clever than the pool, although at least the pool made sense. Like, let's just call it the pool, and now you're like, no, no, it's good clever. It's been announced that Frankie Marino, former Stratosphere headliner, will begin his new residency at Planet Hollywood April 20th in their main showroom. Apparently, expectations are already in check as they intend to cut the theater occupancy in half for a more, quote-unquote, intimate experience. I, you know what? I would I would like to be interested in any of these lounge acts, but I just can't. I don't, I don't know why. I'm, it's almost like the antics that they need to do to get attention are just enough for me to go, like, I don't like you. Uh, yeah, I... In all of the years that I've been going to Vegas, not once did I ever go, ooh, you know where we should really go check out? Mm-hmm. It's one of those things where if, um, you know, if I got a mailer, if, 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 if a Caesars Entertainment sent me an email and said, hey, two free tickets to go see Frankie Marino, and the dates were, well, pretty much any time in any year, right. like there was no blackout dates or expiration date, you know, I'd be willing to go see it, but I'm... You know, if it, were, if it were in, like, a lounge that's attached to the casino, like, like they've got one of those at uh, Bally's, they've got one at Venetian, where it's just right there. And, yep. and you want to sit off that? That's something that, you know, if I heard that noise, I'd be like, well, let's, go, let's go check it out. But that's, that's yeah, I can't. That's a really good way to, you're, that's perfect. That's a great way to do it. Yeah, because yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about, that Indigo Lounge at, yeah, yeah. at, at Bally's. So that's a brilliant way to do it. Yep. Santana is reuniting with his original band for the March 21st shows at the House of Blues at Mandalay Bay for the first time since 1973. The press release insinuated that this was newsworthy, so we bring that information to you. 
I, I'm sorry I'm not a bigger Santana fan to be able to... I, I don't mean to criticize it. I just I don't know I don't know shit about him. I'm just like, oh, this is apparently important. So those that do know, I, I imagine they want me to tell them this. <laughs> <laughs> the location of the original mob bar right next to Triple George Grill, which is also across from the downtown Grand, has reopened as sidebar per Vital Vegas's report. You know what? I We <laughs> ate... One time, one time before it closed, we ate. No, we didn't. We went into Mob Bar. And uh, no, no, here's, let me tell you, this is an obnoxiously good story. All right. The very first time my wife and I ever went through the Mob Museum, we just happened to have ill-timed it where a bunch of, I don't even know how old they were. I don't give a shit how old they were. They, were, they weren't kids. They weren't like high school or, may, I don't even think they were college kids. Where they were doing a scavenger hunt. And apparently the mob museum was a part of the scavenger hunt. So you had these people literally, literally running through the mob museum (laughs) trying to find the different bullshit that was in there. And lo and behold, and and so we're like, what is going on? Because it would happen about every 15 minutes. And when you're in the, you know, when you're in the, the, the museum for two hours, that's about eight times you've got a group of three or four people oh, just yeah. thundering past you. And we were, we were annoyed as, is all get out. <laughs> so we leave there and we're like, oh, we're, you know, we're kind of hungry. Things sound, you know, we've heard really good things about this, this mob bar. Let's go on in there, maybe grab a drink, maybe get some parm slide or something along those lines. I'll be goddamned if they weren't all hanging out at the mob <laughs> bar. We took two steps in, saw all of the assholes pivoted on our heels and walked right back out and then it closed down six weeks later so awesome you, you got it coming to you my <laughs> right all right that's it let's move on to coming attractions Slipknot and Marilyn Manson are performing at the MGM Grand Friday, June 17th. Shows start at 7 p.m. Tickets start at $40. Billy Joel is performing at the T-Mobile Arena Saturday, April 30th. Show starts at 7.30 p.m. Tickets start at $99. You know, just as a quick side note, I got an email from Boyd Corporation, which owns, like, the main street station in california downtown they own uh gold coast and the orleans Mm -hmm. they sent me an email that said um come come out to vegas and see garth brooks at the t-mobile arena for 150 dollars per person you get a ticket and a three-night stay or a two-night stay something like that at some hotel that was not worth 150 (laughs) dollars And I thought, oh, that's quaint. That's that's cute. It's adorable of you. Pay for hotel rooms, I'd be all over this. But <laughs> go screw yourself, because because Garth tickets are only like forty bucks. Right. So if it's one hundred and fifty dollars per person, they're making all their money on what would otherwise be deemed the the hotel costs. Right. But if you go to their website and look at what they're charging per night, those hotel rooms are only going for twenty bucks a night. So <laughs> uh, that's clever for somebody that's not, you know, that might be a bit of a a Vegas neophyte, that's a really great way to to sucker people in. Right. Vital Vegas shared that starting Saturday, March 5th, oh, so, well, today. Oh, well, there you go, see? Uh, Sometimes things in the future happen. (laughs) (laughs) When I write... Since you'll be listening to this as early as Monday. There you go. (laughs) So jump in your DeLorean because (laughs) the Cirque's Mystere at Treasure Island will allow guests to view show rehearsals of the production Saturday from 3 to 3.35 and Sunday from 5 to 5.30. Admission is free. I remember why I did that, because it starts on Saturday, so it doesn't really matter. It's not like only this Saturday. It's like starting this Saturday. So I, I... I didn't, I didn't screw up in conception. We just, execution was a little to be desired. Uh, Huey Lewis and the News are performing at Mandalay Beach Friday, August 19th. Show starts at 9 p.m. Tickets start at $46. Speaking of jumping in your DeLorean. No ah, look at that. How Huey long, Lewis? How long can any of these, well, Huey Lewis, I get that. I get that concert. That makes sense. What you're about to say next, these people can't perform more than what, a song. So, like, what is the, what is the stage look like i mean they come on play there too because it can't I, be like a regular concert where you're switching out instruments and and drum kits and it like, can't be that because you, that'll be the entire show 
My guess is it's a main stage rung by a series of auxiliary performance platforms. <laughs> Callback, yes. So here's what Mark was talking about. The Lost 80s Live, featuring a flock of seagulls, Wang Chung, Berlin, and many more, are performing at the Mandalay Bay, Saturday, September 10th. Show start at 9 p.m. Tickets are an appropriately priced starting $33 amount. I'd be interested with the number of people that they have there, how you divvy that up. Because you got to think, you know, not only does the property get a cut of it, but these bands get a cut of it, the, the crew gets a cut of it. Like, how much money do you actually get out of all of this? I mean, I'm sure it still adds up. And, you know, if this is your, your actual job, that'd be still be pretty cool. But... I assume a flock of seagulls, Wang Chung, Berlin, and many more then have their own folding table with CDs that they're peddling. <laughs> I mean, I, I may be wrong, but I, I, that seems like that's the only reason to do it. In all sincerity, though, being the, you know, 80s guy that I am, yeah. whether it's my television or my music, this is right up my alley. <laughs> I would spend $33. I know you would. <laughs> Absolutely. You'd be like, you guys come and be like, we're right behind you, Tony. <laughs> Just head on in. We'll find you. We'll find you. <laughs> All right, so supporting the idea of less work for me, we're going to forego playing Vegas and wait to hear if you care or if I miss doing it. So with that in mind, Tony, let's check the river. So we've got uh, listener feedback. Do you want me to take the first one or the second one? Do you have a preference? I don't care. Why don't you do the first one? Sounds good. So we got an email from Downtown Convert. Downtown Convert says, Hey guys, big fan of the show for years. I've loved seeing the evolution since the early days, and dare I say it, you raise the bar with every episode. <laughs> There's new pressure. <laughs> Self-inflicted. Tony is such a fantastic addition. I hope you've got him locked down on a multi-year deal and with signing bonus. His quick wit and almost inexplicable infatuation with Garth Brooks renders him an all-star level contributor. I tip my cap to you sincerely, downtown convert. Oh, that's cool. My wife finally sent an email. Right? <laughs> and made the effort. To... Jen's normally the one to be like, going, you know who this is. <laughs> sincerely, you know who this is. Right? That's why they're using the non-diplumed downtown convert. Right? It's like, wow, she not only wrote in, but made an effort. He does, he or she does follow up with a PS that says, I still can't believe you do this all for free. Just so you know, you have lots of folks out there on the other end of the interwebs that are in, that are immensely grateful for the work and the soul that you put into it. I assure well, you, if I could figure out a way to actually get some real money out of this, I would. The dream would still be that this is all I do for a job, but uh, that that dream was was quickly slapped in the face. I'm like, going, what are you, silly? <laughs> You're cute. <laughs> I know. <laughs> they pat you on the head. That is a collective adorable pat on the head. of you. <laughs> and the next one, we got an email from Sean in Edmonton. He writes, "Hey guys, just wanted to say a few things. Number one, love the podcast. I listen religiously, and it's always great stuff. So thank you, and please keep it up." And two, on the last episode, you guys made fun of the Goo Goo Dolls. This is 100% deserving because they're just so awful. But I recently found out that they, like me, used to be cool. <laughs> Check out their early stuff when they were a punk band. You wouldn't even recognize them. It was funny. I replied to this email because I used to work. I, I ran some uh, some CD stores, some record stores uh, for a while in my in my 20s. And... And that was one of the bands that I, of many bands that you that I found, was so different in their inception. And there's something to be said about, you know, as we've talked about with the show, you know, you kind of evolve over time. But when you go from being a punk band to a top 40 pop rock, it's really kind of hard to take you seriously after that. <laughs> I can imagine. Although I really, so this is interesting. He says, I recently found out that they, like me, used to be cool. So I guess. Oh, where was I going to go with that? Oh, he, buddy. he was so he was well. He must have known them. If he was cool and they were cool, why wouldn't they have been cool at the same time? Why didn't he listen to them when he was cool <laughs> and they were cool? I don't know. <laughs> Am I? <laughs> he goes on to write. Thanks again for the banter, insight, and entertainment. You guys make Canadian winters a little more bearable by keeping the Vegas dream alive. Cheers, Sean in Edmonton. That's awesome. That I is love the idea that someone snuggles up with us. 
And then finally, there was a PayPal donation from Ingrid Schneckel, who thanked us, sorry, Ingrid, if I'm mispronouncing your last name, but I think I'm close, who thanked us for the show and clarified that this is a karma donation for four wins? Yeah. Do you think she's making reference to the casino in my neck of the woods? Yeah. Is she from Southwest Michigan? She's from Illinois. Oh. Chicago area, yeah. Well, Ingrid, you you drive past the blue chip to go to four wins? I don't don't mm. judge it. Don't judge it. I, My she may is, be like you and got comp fucking offers and shit, and that's what well, she's going. Well, and that's that's likely. I, if I had to guess, what she likes most about Four Winds, it's that they that that Four Winds has such a is such a large casino. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's actually the reason why my wife and I just aren't crazy about it. They've taken this enormous footprint of a casino and they have jammed so many slot machines into the mach- into the, the really? casino. It's so difficult to walk around because mm. you just get a handful of people in there and all of a sudden you can't get past one another if somebody's sitting in oh, a they, slot it's machine. It's like they created bottlenecks. That sucks. It, it Very much so. Very much so. You get two people that are sitting... With their backs to one another within a within a row of slot machines, mm-hmm. and you can't get past them because the chair the chairs effectively oh, have to be pushed cool. against the slots to get. Harris has a spot like that. Harris in uh, Vegas has spots like that where you start trying to like the seats are just back to back to each other, and, and it's so uncomfortable to try. Well, and I'm sure that it, it wouldn't be if there weren't people in them, but you've got people in them kind of sitting further. I know exactly what you're talking about. I, I see that area. I'm like, well, I got no interest in that space. On a, on a side note, though, I would like to say uh, we have learned that with 100% accuracy, making PayPal donations to the show for karmic good luck at a casino works 100% of the time. So, I, I, I mean, I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> now, how you measure karmic good luck is 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 in the eye of us. So I absolutely. we get to decide. We get to decide how, you're, how you had a karmic luck. That's right. Don't don't come back to me and say I gave you I gave you a PayPal donation for good karma and I didn't win. I would ask you if you had a good time, and you could say no. I'd ask you, did the plane fly into a mountain? If the answer is yes, then that was our karmic luck for Boom. you. Right. So, all right. Well, listen, uh, that's going to do it for episode 192. The irony is not lost on me, Mark, that the one week that you finally decide you're not going to edit the podcast, it's a whopping. 51 minutes. Well, I'm not going to edit. Uh, listen, I'm still doing some editing, all right? But <laughs> but I'm not. Uh, tangents are coming, and fuck-ups are, will be a plenty. But um, I, I, I do see your point. It is interesting. In 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 the many uh, two- and three-hour Ramble Fest we have, we're like, hey, we're not stopping any of this. We're like, yeah, but we're not going to do it this week. <laughs> <laughs> listen, just because we're going to do it doesn't mean you get it all the time. Otherwise, that's, it wouldn't be special. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. Well, thank you all for listening, downloading. We really do appreciate it. If you'd like to check out the blog, excuse me, if you'd like to check out any of the stories on today's show, you can do so at the blog, which is 360vegaspodcast.com. You can support the show via PayPal donations like Ingrid. You can buy stuff from our merchandise store, zazzle.com slash 360vegas. Or you can help others find the show by reviewing it on iTunes. If you'd like to send some feedback, written or audio, much like what uh, Sean and Downtown Convert did, you can do so at 360VegasPodcast at gmail.com. Tony, where can folks find you? Uh, I'm either at Tony Snyder or I am at Vice Lounge OL. All right. That's all we got for you this week. We'll see you next week. Cool.